Coming at you live from the only unproblematic British media franchise in history, it's Cartoon Night in Canada. Hey, what you watching? Got a problem with Cartoon? of Cartoon Night in Canada, a nostalgia journey to dig through decades of animation to find the good, the bad, and the just plain weird of Canadian cartoons. I'm your co-host Chris Lucy Antonio. And I'm your co-host Sylvie Kettles. Let's start off on a note wherein we mock somebody mer mercilessly. Okay. Now I know it goes against the politics of the subject of our cartoon today, but have you ever heard the term nicecore before? No. Uh, it was... A buzzword that was uh, kind of astroturfed in an IndieWire article by a uh, critic and well-hated person on film Twitter, David Ehrlich. Okay. He tried to make the claim that during, uh, in this uh, post-Trump or in the middle of uh, the Trump presidency, there's a new wave of nice core movies wherein we were embracing kind of respectability politics and pure, polite vibes over any kind of conflict. Uh-huh. You know, it was just flat out inaccurate. And his, um, his like, three examples were Heartbeats Loud, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Mr. Rogers documentary, yeah. and British blockbuster Paddington 2. Perfect movie. So... It's part of that critic's bit wherein he has this kind of hyperbolic love of Paddington and it kind of permeates almost all of his uh, tweets, bits, and his uh, sometimes even his reviews. And it gets a lot of people like kind of pissed off at him and annoyed and understandably because the hyperbolic obsession over Paddington and Paddington 2, the film franchise by what's his name... Paul King, director Paul King, mm -hmm. has kind of gotten a bit too much in the recent years, wherein they, they this kind of hyperbolic appreciation of them is goes a bit too far into annoying territory, but also both those movies are super delightful and don't need this kind of obsessive scrutiny over them because they are just, like, he's just a small bear doing what he wants. Yeah, I don't need to think too hard about Paddington. He's just a little guy having a good time, and I love that for him. Paddington is uh, Paddington is a representative character of the 2010s, wherein he is pure positivity vibes that can't be corrupted, can't be moved to the dark side, can't even be held accountable for any negative thing he does, because it's all in the service of his gleaming infallible positivity. Paddington is a good, good boy who has never done anything wrong in his life. And I will not take an ounce of slander against him. Absolutely not. And uh, recently, actually, in preparation for this episode, which we'll get to, you watched the first Paddington movie. I did. I had never seen it before. Which was surprising to me because it felt like that kind of film would be right up your alley. And it is. Just like 
a fully uncomplicated good time. Uh, I remember when the when the first movie came out, I remember like the um the advertisements for it and people being horrified at the design of Paddington with the with the CGI gremlin bear that he just looked a little too real and uncanny. Um and then I did also hear the initial reviews of people going, Oh wait, it's actually really sweet. It's yeah, like it's a perfectly serviceable family movie. It's it's really cute. And then I just like, oh, okay. And then never watched it. Yeah, uh this was uh, before that kind of hyperbolic appreciation of Paddington, the the film franchise came out, wherein everyone was trying to shift onto it these these pretensions of cinematic brilliance uh, that only the select few could see beyond the just niceties of it all. But also, like, that was a minority voice when everyone was going like, man, this is a really nice little film that I like and enjoy watching and re-watching because it's just, it's just nice. He's just this little bear. He's just doing cozy. things. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all just kind of like pure vibes. And that's what we liked about Paddington, the film. Can you imagine if uh, Paddington Bear, uh, the design, got the Sonic the Hedgehog treatment? Oh, with the human teeth? No, like, uh, not even that, but, like, this, whatever it was, like, the design of the movies got, like, that reception right out the gate. And the, like, the feral Paddington franchise fans and stands came out of the woodwork to demand this company, this this film company, to take it back to the drawing board and redo it or else we'll be mad at you. Yeah, imagine if they'd listened. There's one shot from the first movie that I'm kind of obsessed with, with the animation, um, where, like, in his initial mishap in the brown home, um, Paddington, like, sticks his head in the toilet. And, oh, like, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The animation on his fur, like, just billowing in the water is so gorgeous. Like, it kind of makes him look like um like a cocker spaniel dog for half a moment <laughs> i i couldn't stop thinking about it just just maximum cuteness that's that's what paddington is so adorable and uh let's talk about one uh not one of the first outings but one like the the one kind of iteration of the character that made its way through canada he is friendly and polite and he tries to do things right but he gets in sticky messes just the same he's curious and speaks his mind but troubles never far behind it's paddington bear he's one of a kind i'm paddington bear so for today's show we are taking a look at the adventures of paddington which aired in the uk and on teletoon in canada between june of 1997 and february of 2000 and was based on the beloved British book series created by Michael Bond, who also holds a creator credit for this show. It was a co-production between the Montreal-based Sinar Corporation, which is now Cookie Jar Entertainment, and France-based Protocria? Protocria, I'll go with that. As well as Canal J, Teletoon, Tia F1, and the British ITV. It's all a long-winded way of proclaiming the series is technically Canadian, and the as we like to say, Canadian. the best kind of Canadian. Paddington is technically Canadian, so suck on that, world. That's our boy. We own we own partial one twenty fifth claim to the bear, and we aren't we we will fight we have that like right. One of the buttons on his coat. Oh, that's all we need, baby. That's all that's we need. All we get. 
And the episode we watched for today's program was the second episode of the first season, a triple segment of Paddington Goes Underground slash Paddington in the Ring slash Mr. Curry Let's Off Steam, which aired on July 5th, 1997, and was directed by Marcos da Silva. So let's, uh, before we get into the uh, show proper, which, uh, spoiler, spoiler alert, we both found incredibly delightful. As, like, as all Paddington media eventually becomes, it's just, what can you say about it other than, mm, that's a, that is a cute little bear doing some dumb things. That is, that is just a lovable little guy. So let's get into uh, the important questions here about our history, not only with uh, the show, but with Paddington more in general. Uh, I didn't know that this bear existed till 2014 when the Paul King film came out. I was completely ignorant of the phenomena of Paddington, the the uh, raincoat-wearing, marmalade-loving bear. I didn't know. This is your your second foray into the world of Paddington. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, uh, the, the 2014 film popped my Paddington cherry, and... Oh. What? Disgusting. Oh, is that is that too raw for the Paddington talk? <laughs> yes! Okay, I apologize to the bear. <laughs> Now, uh, and this, I'd nev I had no idea about this show, even though I was the Teletoon person of the two of us. But either way, uh, I have no ill will towards the bear. Everything I've seen involving the bear, I have loved. But again, completely ignorant, didn't read any of the books as a kid, didn't watch the cartoon. To me, uh, you know how people do that thing where it's like, uh, Robert Pattinson isn't my Batman, Michael Keaton is my Batman. Okay. That that fucking pathetic thing that people do online, like that fucking matters. Yeah, so your uh, Jonathan Kidd isn't my Paddington. John Jonathan Kidd isn't my Paddington. Ben Wishaw is my Paddington. That's a true Paddington. Okay. Yeah, so there there's my history. Uh, apologies to the Michael Bond estate for besmirching your book through my ignorance, but hey, what can you do? How dare you? Sylvie, what is your history with the bear? Um, so... The Adventures of Paddington Bear might be my first media memory ever. Um, mm. So I didn't have Teletoon, but I guess my grandma did because when I was like three or four uh, and going to preschool, I'd be dropped off at my grandma's apartment in the morning and then hang out with her for a little while, just vibing with grandma as kids do, and then go to preschool in the afternoon and then go home. But. Mm -hmm. I watched the shit out of some Paddington Bear in in my grandma's living room. So there is, uh, I, I have a lot of love for the bear. A lot of love for the bear. <laughs> a lot of love for the bear. To the point where I think I was a uh, absolutely heartbroken when I tried marmalade for the first time and I didn't like it. Oh, uh, you felt like the, the bear had been pushing you some raw informa wrong information yeah, for years. It's, it's like, it's, what, what do you see in this fucking... Dirt spread, you dumb bear. It's like the same betrayal that I felt when I had a Turkish delight for the first time. Because after reading... Oh, Chronicles of Narnia, yeah. you liar. <laughs> like, you... C.S. Lewis, how could you do this to me? That dumb kid sold out his, uh... His His family. For some shit his candy. Sibling for the, the, the worst box candy you can get in Britain. <sighs> Repulsive. Marmalade, definitely less repulsive than Turkish Delight. But yeah, I, w I think I was six when I tried it for the first time. And it was just like, oh no. 
Well, like with Winnie the Winnie the Pooh and Honey, it makes sense. Like he he loves him some Honey because he's a bear. Like you, any kid can see that connection right away. Also, Honey is just naturally sweet. Marmalade is a acquired taste. Yeah, I I have not tried it since. <laughs> so maybe I'd like it more now. In the over twenty years since I've had it. Now I'm just picturing like a uh. An Australian counterpart where it's a beloved koala bear who goes on adventures and is just fucking obsessed with Vegemite. Hell yeah. And like that that is the one food because like any Australian that I've met in real life says like, yeah, I don't like Vegemite at all. It, it fucking sucks, mate. But but if anyone who's not from Australia says that, they'll kill you. Apparently. Apparently it's a hot button issue, not unlike marmalade in in the eyes of poor little Paddington. So uh, the Adventures of Paddington Bear, the show that we were talking about, it's like, I want to say, the third uh, animated adaptation, or, yeah, it's the third uh, kind of mainstream, solely focused animated adaptation of Michael Bond's book series, um, preceding, uh, uh, following, actually, the 1976 version and the 1989 version, uh, and befitting, uh, befitting like a, a its source material which is overflowing with different kind of adventures you can send this bumbling little bear on most of the stories are just adapted from michael bond's original book series which is probably why he gets that creator credit on the series i would assume so just because it's, it's it was probably a case of just we are lifting your story and making it move yeah, I'm looking at this one. A most unusual ceremony. Paddington is invited to a ceremony at a marmalade factory. I'm sorry, where are you reading this? Uh, I'm just on the uh, list of all of the stories. From the oh, books. the original yeah. Bond books. Uh, Jesus, uh, I don't want to know what that ceremony entails or what they are forcing that poor bear to do. I, I don't because I want uh, I, I want Pennington to remain innocent in my mind. He is. He can still be innocent, but just some weird shit's going on. Even if to create the perfect flavor of marmalade, they need to they they need the blood of a virgin. Because when I hear ceremony, I immediately go to the most cultish thing possible. See, I assume that it's just that Paddington is going to be knighted. As like what what a knight of marmalade? What the yeah, what the hell are not? you talking about? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> He's a sumo champion. Why can't Paddington be a marmalade knight? You know what? Yeah, the uh the kind hearted adventures of the silly old bear can can do anything really. They they can go to any territory because god damn it, uh the his endless bumbling and mistakes and inability to do even the simplest task remains charming throughout. Yeah. We were talking earlier about how this is, like, the, the the best of the American, French, British triad of colonialism for kids. So, like, we got... Yeah, please explain that. We got our... Well, there's our sweet, good, good boy, Paddington, who comes from Darkest Peru. Darkest Peru, uh, which originally was Darkest Africa until uh, Michael Bond's editor or agent said, you know, they don't have bears there, right? Yeah. He's like, What? Ridiculous. Oh no! So he moved it to Peru because the spectacled bear is from Peru. Um, so I guess that makes Paddington a spectacled bear. He does not look like one, but that's fine. Um, but no, he just looks like a traditional brown bear. Yeah, which I mean, 
given that the illustrator was from England, is pretty understandable. That's probably the only kind of bear he knew about. Yep. Uh, so we got our sweet good good boy Paddington, and then we have uh, Curious George, uh, actual like <sighs> metaphor for the Atlantic slave trade. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then we got Babar, the the monarchy, <laughs> the yeah. pro monarchy, uh, noble savage, whole deal. We're gonna get it to Babar. Yeah, it's two uh two of this uh triforce of evil that two two segments of this triforce of evil that you are building out here are thinly disguised sanitized versions of uh very serious things uh which are pawned off to kids who wouldn't get their darker implications while and one Paddington. then there's this Paddington who is just a delightful little bear who goes on adventures with the Brown family and that's it. There, there is nothing evil to be read into Paddington, even with like a loaded phrase like "darkest Peru." Yeah, it it doesn't even feel like there's any kind of negative connotation to that. It's just what Paddington says. Yeah, and like people would stop him, like when he's in the in one episode that we looked at today, where he's just saying to some random stranger, yeah, when I was growing up in darkest Peru, and then another stranger is just like, I'm sorry, are you from Peru? That's really cool. And then he starts talking with her, and, like, people are more, like, curious about this bear. I'm sorry, was there more after that? I think there was, but it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's it's kind of hard to... It's, it's kind of hard to talk about, like, uh the broader meanings of Paddington when it just doesn't feel like there are any there. It's just a soft, warming, kind of delightful little show. And Paddington is this paragon, paragon of virtue in a rather dark time in, in British history. Yeah. Like, he's infallible. Uh, he sees the best in everybody. Uh, he only wants to do the right thing, and despite... Despite his limiting understanding of how the world works, he always means well and always wants to make up for when one of his misunderstandings causes anyone harm. Yeah. He, he like, even when he accidentally hurts people or, like, frightens them, he is, like, so quick to be like, ah, let me remedy this situation. Here is your scarf back. Here is your scarf back and maybe a marmalade sandwich. Get that shit away from me, you stupid bear. Like how is that? How is that a good apology? It's like, oh, thanks. You just had a loose sandwich in your trunk there, and you just gave it to me, huh? Yeah, I'm not gonna eat that, but thank you, thank you, bear. The, I appreciate the gesture. That that is the that is the kind of ethos of Paddington Bear and his many misadventures. It's like I appreciate the gesture, Paddington. Whenever he tries yep. to do right and it goes wrong, it's like, well, you meant well, well you so. Tried. Thank you, Paddington. Thank you. Now I've got to clean up your mess, but thank you. I mean, like, he, he undoes most of his stuff. I mean, in one of the segments we watched today, uh, he almost kills a person. And I don't know. I, I couldn't be I couldn't stay mad at him. Right? Like, he's fine. Like, oh, he didn't know any better. Fine. Stop getting mad at him. He didn't know. Granted, uh, Mr. Curry is fully at fault for that one. Yes, the uh, 
the ever annoyed Mr. Curry from the book series, who was played by, I think, Peter Capaldi in the movie franchise. Yes. Uh, and hilariously, in the 1989 uh, animated one, he's played by Tim Curry. <laughs> oh, that's some fun stunt casting. Yeah. And also, that's a perfect voice for Tim Curry's right? voice would be perfect for a this cantankerous old man. Yeah, this this sourpuss uh, British neighbor. Like, that's perfect for Tim Curry. But we're not talking about that series. No. So uh, we watched three. Uh, we Obviously, uh, the way that this show is made up, it's created into these segments because, you know, a children's book, a children's book isn't that long. Can't really sustain, sustain a whole 22-minute episode out of whatever Paddington's doing that day. You know, the, the seven pages yeah. of a children's book. What's, what's he, what shenanigans is he getting up to today? Oh, let's see. Uh, he goes to the London Underground, he gets lost, he gets found, and that's all, oh my god, we need more. <laughs> so, uh, the three the three segments that we watched were Paddington Goes Underground, Paddington In the Ring, and Mr. Curry Let's Off Steam. So, uh, let's, start, let's start with the first one, obviously. Start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Uh, and also, we should mention that uh, this whole series is like an epistolary cartoon, wherein... All of the stories are structured around letters he's sending to his Aunt Lucy in deepest, deepest, darkest Peru. Darkest Peru, yes. Uh, at the retirement home for bears. Which I guess Peru just does that. They really respect their bespectacled bears in Peru. It's in Lima. You, like it's... <laughs> I got nothing. Okay, good. So this segment opens up with Peg, uh, with Paddington digging a massive hole in the Browns' yard because he read a news story that people were trapped in the underground. And rather than getting incredibly furious at Paddington for ruining their yard, they go, Oh, silly Paddington, the underground is the subway. What? I... Like, motherfucker, who's gonna fill that hole? I mean, honestly, he was just digging up grass. Stop making so. excuses for him. He's... I... He's bringing down the property value with his shenanigans. The property value. Grass is a waste of space and water. But he's a bear. He should have some kind of environment there. He can't just live in the house all day. Grass is bad for the bees. So there. So Fine. Paddington was doing a, an unambiguous good by digging up the garden. But that little, that's kind of like a, a, a nice uh, microcosm of what Paddington is, wherein he sees something in the paper that, and not understanding anything about the context or even reading the fucking story, he just sees the headline about a hundred people trapped underground, and this motherfucker just starts digging. Yeah, because he just wants to do good. All he wants is to save these people that he is, is told are... Trapped underground, and the quickest way he can think of to solve that problem is to start digging. Like, keep him away from the paper, because I feel like this is a daily occurrence, wherein he reads something, like some headline, and immediately jumps to the wrong conclusion, and yeah. just raises the blood pressure of every brown in that house. Yeah, Paddington cannot know about world events. Keep him <laughs> innocent. Uh, but they don't. Uh, the The thrust of this episode is that, uh, this segment rather, is that to clarify things so that whenever there's another mention of the underground in the paper, 
Paddington doesn't tear up more of the yard, they decide to take him to the subway to show him a little bit of the commute and the public transit situation in London, and predictably it goes wrong. In Stoke. Yeah, predictably it goes wrong, because, boy, they, they couldn't telegraph this enough. It's like, Paddington, make sure you stay with us. It's like, okay... Five seconds Instantly later, lost. where the fuck is Paddington? And this this episode played into, like, a goofy trope that I absolutely adore, which is uh, when, like, the, the silly, naive character thinks they are the adult. Mm-hmm. Because I absolutely love Mrs. Brown just being like, oh no, Paddington's lost. Smash cut to Paddington being like, Mrs. Brown and Judy, they're lost. And Hell it- yeah. Oh, yeah. it, it it helps a lot that um as we mentioned in that like opening joke there uh the voice of Paddington Jonathan Kidd it's so calming it's so reserved it's so it, it's so nicely rounded and warm snuggly yes yes it's Pretty a, much the entire cast just has very smooth soft comfortable voices yeah everyone's kind of on the same uh register here uh like and their same understanding of the character, it's all there. All of the characters are very much, are, are very much like tonally consistent throughout. It just no one could. You can never imagine any of these characters, even uh, the villainous Mister Curry, really raising their voice. Because like, he, he kind of does. There a lot. But they're all so like folded into this uh, veneer of British respectability. And it's all just like it's just like honey to the ears because uh, this marmalade, is one might marmalade say. to the ears. Except that's disgusting, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't had it in like twenty years. L- listen, you just want uh, Pennington to be right so bad. That I do. <laughs> you you can't accept that maybe uh, he's wrong about this one aspect. Maybe marmalade is disgusting. I I I, I can't. <laughs> you you want to know something fucked uh, that's only relevant to this show? Hmm. When I was watching this show and seeing, like, his, his like, weird obsession with Marmalade, which is just consistent with the character and has a lot to do with the backstory, but also I all I could think about was Entree and Mayonnaise. Why yeah. did you bring them back? Yeah, because, I mean, it's our show. Like, that's relevant to this show. Why, that why That is a... That, to me? that is a connection that would play absolutely nowhere except for on this podcast feed. I'm trying to have a good time. Returning to Paddington Bear. Returning to those cozy memories of being three years old, hanging out with my grandma. Uh, well, speaking of cozy, this is a fucking incredible looking show. Um, it's all very, uh, this is a traditional cell animation. Uh, only the first two seasons of the show used cell animation before they went to, like, digital ink and paint style. Uh, and it shows because the, the gorgeous looking watercolors in the background, the, the primary colors, the... The, the like a uh, rounded kind of character design on everybody the, like the popping colors it's all just so gorgeous it's warm and soft beautiful to look at it's it's just a very good comfortable show yeah like, and like e- even all like uh, the character designs beyond the main characters are like they're memorable they're interesting i keep thinking of like the uh from from the paddington goes underground segment the burger king kids club skateboarder <laughs> yeah that Weird punk kid with his duo-colored mohawk. Which, like, I think it was, like, orange and blue. Like, he's... Yes. Like, he's cheering for, like, the Florida Gators. 
Maybe he is. We don't know this kid's interior life. Yeah, the London underground punk is a big fan of college football. I don't know. It's that's you know you know no 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 no. You know what? I'm gonna say yes. He is a big fan of American college football uh, as a form of rebellion because his dad is really into European football and, like, scoffs at American football every chance he gets. And so this kid is like, no, you know what, dad? Gonna get really into American football. Okay, two things. Uh, That is, uh, one, a very rounded backstory you just gave to this background (laughs) character who, who doesn't even have a line, I think. No, he does not say a single word. And two, uh, listener, if you haven't guessed already, there's going to be some bad British accents on this show. A lot. Because this is uh, this is a very this is a, the most British show we've watched so far. I think it's the most British show we're ever going to talk about. We can only hope because the the less time spent in that disgusting country, the better. Yeah, we. This is the peak. This is the peak of the mountain. It is all downhill from here. L- listen. Uh, y- you can be mad at the United Kingdom for a lot of things. A lot of things. A lot, 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 lot like, of things. Like a laundry list. A lot. But they gave us Paddington, so you know they can't be all bad. <laughs> they gave us Paddington <laughs> and nothing else. Oh, you know that big uh, media franchise, uh, Paddington <laughs> and Harry Potter. No. Yeah, there's no, Paddington. There's Paddington. Only Paddington. <laughs> Just Paddington. That's what's keeping the uh, British uh, film industry alive, is Paddington. It's it's their Marvel franchise where it's like, man, theaters would have closed if it wasn't for that lovable stupid bear. Well, I mean, Downton Abbey is done. What else was Hugh Bonneville supposed to do? Oh, uh, Fantastic Beats 5. Uh, the the Crimes of Grindelwald de Bald is my no, it's Paddington. Paddington is the future. Paddington is is what they need to put their money behind. Truly, um, everything everything is is standing on the shoulders of Paddington Three. Of the small little guy. He's just a little guy. He doesn't well, I, deserve this. I'm sorry to say, Paddington, but you have to save cinema. I have to do what? If anyone can. It's my boy, Paddington. Oh, I don't know, Mrs. Brown. That's a lot of responsibility. That's an awful lot. Um, so the second episode uh, is the reason why you selected this one. Oh, yeah. Because... Uh, l- let's just uh, backtrack for a second. So uh, Paddington goes underground. Uh, he has a misadventure in the subway system. He boards a bunch of wrong trains and and ha- like runs afoul of some stray dogs and a skateboarder kid. As well as a traveling marmalade salesman, whatever, fuck it, and eventually finds his way back to the Browns, and they have a nice little laugh about it. Cut to Japan. Smash cut. <laughs> We're in Japan. Um, he's traveled with uh, uh, Mr. Gruber. He's traveled with his Hungarian antiquities dealer friend, Mr. Gruber, uh, to Japan to research his new book, and. They just end up at a sumo wrestling school? I'm... I can't get over, like, uh, this globe-trotting whiplash that happens between these two segments. 
Because at the end of Patty and Goes Underground, it's like, well, that was a fun adventure in the underground. Here, doggies, have some bacon. Ah, ha, 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 ha. We were in Japan to figure out sumo wrestling. Like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> How? Where now? Why? They let this they let this bear on a 14-hour flight? <laughs> yeah, that is truly my favorite thing about, and it was something I noticed in the movie, too. It is just so quintessentially uh, London to like that no one pays attention no one even notices that there is a fucking bear just hanging out in the city oh yeah just a, a wild animal uh in human clothing speaking uh the queen's english to them and it's like oh yeah yeah that's yeah. A nice bear like i think the cabbie in the movie is just like oh yeah i see all i see all types in this cab just the other day i had a bear in here that was weird yeah, yeah, that's weird. Anyway, Pannington's gonna go uh, learn the ways of the sumo. So honestly, I think I think he would have had a a really easy time getting boarding a flight out of Heathrow. Just this is also pre nine eleven. So like, what you think they're gonna stop him? <laughs> oh, of, of the laundry list of of like the profiling list of the TS. TSA uh, used in the post 9-11 world. Uh, actual bear is probably low <laughs> on the list. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. If you can't take a if you can't take a nail file onto a plane, Paddington's not getting onto a plane with his, with his goddamn claws. Uh, but God forbid if that, if that actual bear has like 102 ounces of a liquid Oh, then he'd be swarmed. That bear's gotta go. I mean, like in in the second Paddington film, you didn't see uh, he does get he does get tried as an adult for stealing something or accused of stealing something and sent to prison. I I, I will watch the second one eventually. Which is, again, it just no one has a problem with Paddington being a bear. Yeah. Like no no one questions it even the people on the subway in the first segment is like oh yes you're from peru are you well that's very nice hey are you a bear <laughs> like yeah, why yes i am ah interesting oh you're a funny little bear anyway where's my medication <laughs> so in japan yes in japan paddington and mr gruber go to research sumo wrestling which i guess you can only do in person and find themselves at a training dojo for young sumo hopefuls and Paddington being Paddington somehow gets drafted into their ranks to be a potential sumo because as the head the head yokozuna of this dojo says he's got the warrior's fire in his eyes in those little beady eyes yeah that's what i think of when i think of Paddington is like that's a fucking warrior right there stand out of his way cuz he will fuck your shit up <laughs> his his uh was it a stern look yeah his like stern mean face like his, his resting bitch face it it is only to be used in extreme circumstances this feels like a very loose dojo like i wouldn't trust them to be like like a professional place so they, i'm sure they haven't like birthed any real champions on the sumo circuit because this fucking Gaijin bear shows up and he's like, oh yeah, just come join the ranks. Yep. We'll, we'll feed you a lot of food. We'll, we'll, we'll 
position you against our like our talented hopeful and whatever. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you, you do not even need to change out of your duffel coat and hat. No, no, like you don't need to put on the uh, what, what, what was the actual name of it? Like Manwai? Uh... Mawashi. Mawashi. Yeah, you don't have to. We don't have to see his bear taint. Nope. Just we just... do have to see the other guy's taint. Yes, uh, there is a, I guess, an infamous shot in this cartoon that uh, we were talking about beforehand, uh, before recording, which is just a close-up of the whole, like, fucking gooch area of an adult sumo wrestler. Just, just for fun. Didn't, didn't need that in this cartoon, I guess. But it sure is there. It sure is there, and that's all I could think about. If we did, uh... Instead of like our the way that we release episodes using our title card, if every episode had like a special title card, it'd be that one. Are you saying we should make title cards? No, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> let's let's not uh, let's not do that. Uh, but th this uh, this segment kind of is very illustrative of the whole Paddington Bear ethos, wherein. His, all of his outrageous exploits uh, can never be read as mean-spirited, evil, or any kind of, like, negative connotation. He just goes with the vibe and marches to the beat of his own drum. He, he's just conscripted into this sumo school, and it's like, yep, I guess I gotta win. Well, he wants to win because the, uh, the Yokozuma is, like, kind of a bully to the other young boys. Which, you know, that's... they have to learn. <laughs> Yeah, they gotta learn, but also, like, they're in completely different weight classes. It's not much of a learning experience for them to just get their asses handed to them by a guy, like, eight times their size. I guess not. So, like, and the guy's, like, just having a little too much fun beating up children. N not beating up children, very lightly belittling them by casually throwing them out Picking of the ring. Yeah. That's, that is also fair. None of the children are seem to be hurt no no because like you we can't imagine that in paddington's world there are no like real no. harsh consequences for anybody not even the villainous characters there is no pain in in fact like except unless you're mr curry. unless you're mr curry which he kind of has it coming and it's not even paddington's fault it's never no, paddington's that is, fault it was it was never paddington's fault but with, with this whole, like, sumo wrestling thing, um, I kind of like the idea of a globetrotting Paddington. Because his, yeah. uh, his brand of positive ignorance plays really well on, like, a kind of a cultural exchange level. Wherein he'll go anywhere and never belittle another culture. He's like, well, that's fascinating. Can I try? Yeah, and does it wrong. He is always down. He is always down to try anything. All the time, without judgment, just pure love of hanging out with people and just trying things. They should have really expanded the whole uh, Japan uh, segment into like a whole, like, like a whole globe trotting like mini series within this. And maybe it does exist because uh, I we did uh, maybe want to do that one where he went to Spain. I think. Yeah. That was, I think that was one of the other ones we were looking at. But imagine if he, like, walked around Japan for a bit. Like, he went to a host club and didn't understand the concept and, and ran up, like, a 10,000, like, a 100,000 yen bill 
talking to one really polite girl. Wouldn't that be silly? That would be Wouldn't silly. that be a fun uh, adventure? But, but uh, that could never happen because sex does not exist in this world either. I would hope not. Yeah, no. <laughs> Doesn't exist. That's not a real thing. Like, Pat... Paddington does not know what fucking is. No. That's a dumb thing to say. It is not a... It is. It does not exist in this sphere. This is a purely asexual world where, like, the stork is a, re is a reality. Well, uh, the origins of Paddington is, like, he was left at the subway station with a, with a tag on his coat that said, please take care of this bear. That's yeah. probably how all British children find their parents well i mean that that does go back to like the context from the original books that like the first book came out in 1958 so that was very clearly still a britain living in the shadow of world war ii a time where children were literally just left at train stations with a tag on them begging for some kind-hearted stranger to help this child uh, uh. That's fine. That's fine and normal. Yeah, that's that's just how that goes. I, I mean, that, that must have been like a fucking slight to any other kid that day that was on the on the subway platform waiting to be adopted. It's like, oh, this one well-off family just picked the bear instead. What's the, uh... What's this Stuart name? Little. Stuart yeah. Little. <laughs> yeah, all these orphan children. And it's like, we want the mouse. It's like, what? That, the mouse isn't even on the menu. What are you talking about? Like, the mouse is fine. This is your brother now. You don't, you don't want one of these underprivileged kids, you know, who will have a future? No? Nope. We want the mouse that'll die in six years. Okay, that's fine. Here are the incredibly exploitative adoption fees. <laughs> this is your decision. <sighs> so, that's, uh, that's Paddington's Adventures in Japan, uh... He gets into a rivalry with the Yokozuna, which uh, devolves into an eating contest, which Paddington fucking schools him. Easy. Like, it's, it's not even a challenge. And a, uh, an aspiring match wherein Paddington outwits somebody, actually, by clinging to his fucking bulbous stomach, making him the victor. Yes, because his feet did not leave the ring. And despite being humiliated like that, like, he's the... Uh, the lead Yokozuna of the school, uh, probably going to go on the very lucrative circuit soon of different fights, uh, is totally fine with it. Like, he loves that Paddington beat him, and he wants to try some marmalade. Sharing is caring. That, that's how every one of these episodes should end. It's like, oh, that was fun. Thank you, Paddington. You taught me something new. Can I have some of your marmalade? I don't know why this, uh, this Yokozuna has a British accent. Uh, because the alternative would be incredibly bad for you to do. Which, you know what? This show doesn't really do. Yeah, like... Like, it. there are accents. But it could have been so much worse. It could have been so much more cartoony, stereotypical, and thank... And you know what? I wouldn't put it past any British entity to lean into the cartoony stereotype, and this one didn't. Yeah. So, good for them. No, it was just like a... It was just like a... a... They were also soft. And not only because of their bulbous every, stomachs. No, every voice, every voice in this show is just soft and gentle and lovely to listen to. Except for uh, the star of the third segment, Mr. Curry Let's Off Steam. 
Uh, let's start off from, like, the one thing I couldn't really get past in this one. Who the fuck gives a sauna as a birthday gift? I mean, any... I, I would like a sauna as a birthday gift. Like, how does one plan that? Because they, they say, uh, oh, we took uh, Mr. Round out shopping for the morning and we set up this sauna. It's like, what? That takes, like, weeks to yeah, build. That, yeah, that is not enough time to construct a full sauna from the ground up functioning. That's uh, uh, Paddington being the bumbling little bear that he is. Uh, he accidentally spills the beans to the neighbor about the functioning sauna, and the neighbor wants to try it. And Yeah, this is the one where, like, it is fully Mr. Curry's fault. Like, Paddington literally says, yeah, they got him a sauna. You should try it out sometime. And Mr. Curry's like, ah, right now. I will break into my neighbor's yard and just use their sauna because the bear told me it was okay. Yeah, he's uh, he's really using uh, Pannington's kindness against him, wherein Pannington is never the type to say no. Yeah, and he, like, he is obviously trying to correct the misunderstanding. I don't think it's a misunderstanding. I think Mr. Curry fully knows what Paddington was trying to say. And he just chooses to be like, nah. So the conflict, uh, if we can even call it a conflict in this episode, um, I, I think of the three, this is the closest to a traditional conflict as we know it, uh, as like a driving dramatic moment for the segment. Uh, to keep to keep Mr. Curry from using the sauna, Paddington decides to use a lock that he bought at the market to shut the door and to make sure nobody can use it before Mr. Brown does. Mr. Brown deserves the first use of his birthday sauna. Unfortunately, makes sense. Unfortunately, what happens? Mr. Curry was already Mr. in. Mr. Curry was already in there. And like the speedy bitch he is. Just couldn't wait for the the bear to let him in. Just had to go in and silly old bear, he forgot the combination and Mr. Curry is rapidly dehydrating and getting burned and is in a lot of pain, but who cares cuz Pennington meant well. That'd be manslaughter. That would be a manslaughter oh, charge, not murder. Yeah, this is the close that he gets to actually causing someone harm, and I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm fully on Team Padding in this one. Mr. Curry fully did that to himself, and, like, even when Paddington is trying to remember the, uh, the, um, the combination, and he does remember, it's my birthday... Mr. Curry's instantly, like, yelling at him, like, no, today's not your birthday. And it's like, what the f- you're, you're confusing the poor guy. Of course he's gonna forget the combination now. And, like, even when he tries to help, because, like, uh, he's told by uh, one of the Browns' kids uh, that after a sauna, you need to get a cold water dumped on you in, in order to, like, you know, moderate your body temperature. And Which is not Which true. is not true, but it's the instruction. What you do after a sauna is you crack a cold beer. Well, that doesn't exist in this world. Everyone's teetotal in oh, the Paddington world. But, like, you can have an ice-cold lemonade after There you sauna. go. But uh, Paddington takes that instruction and pours cold water into the roof of the sauna, which causes more steam. Because that's what it does. Like, and that's just, again, indicative of the character. It's like, even when he tries to do well, it just kind of goes a little bad. Yeah, because he always only, like, half remembers things. But he's trying. He's genuinely trying to do the right thing. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, Mr. Curry, that your entire body's getting burned, but you know what? Paddington meant well, so stop being so mean to him. Yeah, and honest, 
honestly, like, if it's a wood-burning sauna, eventually, like, the fire will go out and the temperature will go back down. Yeah, uh, I think it was, like, they said it was a hot stone sauna, so they're just waiting for the stones to cool down. Well, I mean, something needs to heat up. Yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. So you light a fire. Yeah. Which means that in the time it took for Paddington to run upstairs, get the lock, run back downstairs, Mr. Curry, like, fully had a fire going. Yep. What the fuck, man? Saunas are slow to heat up. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, but uh, Paddington's the type to take his sweet-ass time. That's true. He probably, like, had a marmalade sandwich on the way up. Or, like, got distracted by some fucking newspaper headline about the the tunnel collapsing. It's like, oh, no. No, because then he would have gone to save those people and forgotten about Mr. By digging Curry. a hole in his backyard again. Because hey, yeah. no, no, no lesson would fucking stick to him, by the way. He does not learn. He does not change. He does not grow. That is a promise. Like, season three Paddington and season one Paddington, it's the same Paddington. He's a bumbling dumbass that you just fucking love so much. Well, that's the, the other episode that we were considering talking about, I think, is from, like, the end of season two. Um, and that was all I remember was... Paddington being an usher at a wedding and thinking that that meant he would go up to people who were chatting and go, ush, ush. Fucking idiot. What? God, I You're love ruining him. this wedding, Paddington. <laughs> nah, no, he's making it better. Like, he's the ring bear. Oh, great. The bride is crying now. Are you happy, Paddington? No, he would never be happy if someone's crying. Uh, no, he'd just offer a marmalade sandwich. Like, yeah. how's that so, like, Paddington always, here. always just wants to make things better. Oh, here, love, dry your tears with this. Full sandwich, just smacked to the face. So, I don't know what else to say about this show, because I think we're both in agreement. Uh, it captures the, the kindly, good-natured ethos of the silly old bear very, very well. It's a delightful watch, it holds up, and it's very just kind of calming. It's, it's like a comfort watch. Like, the Paddington movies, ironically. Yeah, like, it's just, it's so cozy. And it's something that, like, um, uh, my mom is pretty big on is uh, Call the Midwife. Uh, she calls it, like, a, co a cozy show because it's just, like, nur nurturing people, helping people. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's kind of what Paddington is. It's just, it's comfortable and cozy because it's just kind people trying to do their best. Kind people trying to do their best, uh, even when they know, or or at least they have experience from their uh, many, many mess-ups, that it could go wrong. They could be wrong. But it doesn't matter, because they're trying. They could be wrong. They probably are. They usually are. But gosh darn it. But gosh darn it. They're going to make the world, leave the world a better place than they found it. Actually, looking at this... Um, this specific episode and its three segment structure the the one in japan really is the odd one out because the first one it's like padding paddington gets introduced to the subway system the third one paddington uh, accidentally locks his neighbor in the sauna the second one paddington goes to japan and challenges the yokozuna for the dojo supremacy <laughs> it's a good blend it's a good blend and you know what even with that one completely, like, being completely out of nowhere and not exactly consistent with the other two segments, it still feels consistent because the character is so rock-solid and ingrained. It, it, like, you could, 
that you could just put them anywhere in any situation. It's like the, uh, it's like what the classic Looney Tunes directors, uh, felt about those characters, uh, when they said like, oh yeah, like I can make a cartoon right now, uh, Daffy Duck on a cruise ship, done. That, that's yeah. all we need. And the thing you writes could, itself. You could absolutely do that with Paddington. Like, oh, uh, Paddington, uh, appears at the January 6th insurrection, done. Paddington would have, like, completely, accidentally stopped it. <laughs> like, he would have made so many of those people better people without even trying. Let's not get into that. No, no violence. Let's not, like, let's not conscript Paddington into saving those people. No, I would never put that responsibility on his shoulders. He's just a little guy. Just a little guy. I'm just saying he could. <laughs> but I would never expect him and to. And I wouldn't want him to either. No, because, again, he doesn't need to take on that emotional strain. He's just a little guy. Uh, so that's a good enough segment, a segue as any to talk a bit, a bit about the director, or uh, for season one at least, uh, Marcos da Silva, who bummed around a lot in Canadian uh, television, uh, specifically that's... And anything that meets the vein uh, between, like, you know, Can Canadian and French and sometimes even British co-production. Uh, he didn't direct a lot. He did the this, uh, The Busy World of Richard Scarry, and a, a lot of episodes of M Mona the Vampire, all of which we will talk about on future episodes. But he also found his way to, like, in the animation department on stuff like Young Robin, Robin Hood, uh, the Robert Munch TV series, which I didn't know existed until today. I, I was three seconds ago years old when I learned that. Which, you know what? That sounds great. That Put that on the list. Hell yeah. As well as a uh, previous episode, What's With Andy, and also future episode, Arthur. So the guy has a hell of a pedigree, uh, and Paddington just seems like a, like a really nice bit on your resume because we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but this, like, the slick direction going on in this cartoon is really noticeable. Yeah, like... Especially when you're dividing a, you've got 22 minutes, especially when you're dividing it into three segments. So it's not just your classic two 11-minute segments. You are just smushing them together. Like, you have to keep your timing mm -hmm. really tight. Yeah, and like every every episode feels like the perfect amount. It feels like there is no fat at all. Uh, it flows so beautifully. And specifically uh, because... Uh, Marcos da Silva has his like background in animation timing. The the comedic beats in this in these episodes play super well. Yeah, it's it's very much it's very silly. Complimentary. Yes. Anything else to say about the Adventures of Paddington? Um, oh, actually, there is one thing to say. Uh, this was remade in 2019 under the same title, uh, called The Adventures of Paddington for Netflix, which. Uh, I heard it's actually pretty good. Is it on Netflix? I have not heard anything about it. I, actually, I don't think it's on Netflix. I think it's on Nickelodeon. Why would you lie to me? Why would you get my hopes up? Oh, you could probably... Uh, I, you know what? If this show has taught you anything, sometimes you need to go outside the uh, constrictions of legality to watch things. Yeah. Uh, no, that's something that Moomin taught me. That's something that Moomin taught you. There you go. Yeah. But in that... Uh, also a 2019 remake that I need to check out. And in this uh, 2019 remake, uh, Ben Wishaw, the voice of Paddington in the film series, reprises his role. So 
you got that to look forward to. Um, but haven't seen that show, uh, mostly because I it I don't believe it's Canadian co-production, so why the fuck would we care? Yeah, it's no, it's uh, yeah, French. It's a French French UK co-production, so uh, not our not our purview. No, nope, nope. uh, and we'll never discuss that show on this feed, but mostly because we got a perfect Paddington cartoon on the feed. We we do. I don't think I will like this. Isn't obviously going to be a, a, a bingeable show because it is a show for small children but like it kind of feels like a bad i had a bad day need some coziness kind of show yeah yeah I, I totally agree with that i might check out the spain episode the what episode i, I the spain the spain episode. oh i thought you said stain episode i'm like what the fuck does that mean no i, I got to see my my happy little boy running around in spain you j- just Paddington not understanding the concept of bullfighting. It's like, like, oh no, that man's trying to hurt that bull. I mean, he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. So he'd be right because Paddington's always right. Yeah. He... Even when he's wrong, he's right. <laughs> Even when he's wrong, Paddington is correct. That 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 is another like signature of the Paddington series. Like, even when he is completely off base, doesn't understand a fucking thing, he's in the right. Like Paddington is is pure chaotic good it just all circles back to that first segment wherein he's trying to dig a hole to get into the hundred people kept trapped in the underground and it's like you are so far off base and incorrect but also your heart's in the right place so i can't be mad at you the world needs more paddington the world does need more paddingtons the only good british thing ever ever everything else has been corrupted by time and or the shitty creators behind them. But you know what? Paddington remains pure. There is only Paddington. Oh, the the day that the official Paddington account uh, posts something like, I believe, like, I believe biological women are women. It's like, oh. No, it's never going like to happen. You were so close to being pure. And then you did that shit. No. Paddington is absolutely a trans ally because he would be like so delighted at the thought of someone being so quintessentially themselves. Mm, that's a good that's a good take. Yeah. But like okay, but what 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 if like one day he announces an NFT collection? I mean, that's not going to happen now. It's not going to happen now. But the the fucking <laughs> the fucking Mr. Bean official account announced an NFT collection like a week ago when it was Yeah, but that's just classic. That's Mr. just classic Bean. Mr. Bean. Sure, it's probably even part of the bit that he releases it he the 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 uh, state of being releases it in like yeah. the the post peaks when it's all crashing and worth nothing but also maybe maybe the british are just slow to embrace nfts yeah <laughs> i felt like there was a joke there but it felt too mean now we're talking about the british you can be as mean as you want oh okay no i never mind in, in like in like two weeks, uh, J.K. Rowling will officially announce her NFT collection. Yeah, uh, and God, I would love for her to lose everything. That would be. Now that's that's the sad thing about uh, the celebrity endorsed NFT things is like they stand to lose nothing. I know. It's the people that they push it on that stand to lose everything because they believe the hype. Heartbreaking. I don't know how we got here, but uh, that's uh the Adventures of Paddington. Delightful show. Delightful kid show holds up is entirely faithful to uh michael bond's 
original books. It's told in a completely, uh, a, a completely like slick and well animated way. It's just the, the the vibes, the positivity vibes are just so warming and lovely. And you got you gotta you gotta love that bear. You gotta love that bear. Anything else before we uh, close out this episode? No, I think I think that was everything. Okay. Uh, if you like what you heard, uh, please consider giving us a follow on social media on our Twitter at Cartoon Night Pod and giving us a rating on your podcatcher of choice, preferably Apple Podcast, because that helps us reach the widest possible audience. You can find me and my Paddington takes at Cinema Creep on Twitter. And I will be tweeting absolutely nothing but Paddington takes for the rest of my life at Sylvie Skeletons. You know, it'll be hard to get to the next episode when we're talking about some fucking nothing cartoon from like 2003 when all we want to talk about is Paddington again. I just really want to talk about the bear. Yeah, we'll be in the midst of an episode on fucking uh, like My Dad the Rockstar. And it's like, man, Paddington would make this show so much better. Boy, I miss Paddington. Like, what the fuck are these people thinking? You gotta put the bear in it. We, we don't give a shit about your characters. We want the bear. We only want the bear. Just just a Canadian cartoon exec like, yeah, yeah, what do you got? Is it got the bear in it? It don't got the bear in it. No, I don't want it. it. It don't got the bear in it. You think that's gonna sell? You come to me. You come to me on the day my daughter is to be married and you do not bring the bear. Why'd that go to a godfather thing? I don't know. <laughs> well, have a good one, everybody. <laughs>